0: Hi, guys. Welcome to today's edition of Startup Couches. On the couch today, I'm excited to have Quentin. Quentin is the CEO of Lectureless. Welcome to the couch, Quentin.
1: Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes. Definitely. So on Startup Couches, what we do is we bring amazing people that are building great products out on the market on the couch to tell us about the products, tell us their journeys and how these products were built, and to inspire us basically and show the impact of these products in our communities. And so, diving right into the questions, what is Lectureless and how does it all work?
1: Sure. So, um, at a at a high level, Lectulus is a uh, startup that helps top creators um, make active online learning courses. So, uh, let me break that down a little bit. So, most online learning today is uh, very passive. You rather you buy a new Demi course, you, you watch a video, you maybe take an assessment, and you work your way through step by step. But yeah, uh, the challenge with these courses or doing things like Zoom University, which a lot of students are in right now, is that people kind of get bored with this and it leads to a less than five percent completion rate for an average course. And even if people finish the course, there's no guarantee that they retain the information or they learned how to apply what they learned into their everyday lives. So it's kind of where Lectureless comes in because we literally have less lectures as the name implies. So instead, students come to our courses, they meet in groups of three or four to work on projects together. And they have an assigned coach or facilitator to help them through the material as needed. So rather than spending say 90% of their time consuming and 10% doing, we flip the ratios. So students on average spend 90% of their time doing the work and 10% of their time consuming content or material. And as a result, um, just from our first test courses so far, we've achieved um, uh, two main metrics that are usually used is NPS scores. We have one of over ninety percent for our first few courses that we've run, and nearly hundred percent completion rate for all of our students' course.
0: Oh wow, that's amazing! Completion rates at hundred percent—that is something that's that is out of the world.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredible because a lot of times, um, as you know, for self-paced courses, the completion rate isn't really high, but there's this whole new market of alternative education companies and platforms coming out such as Alt-MBA or Section 4 and a few others where they are boasting completion rates of around 98% because both the learning uh, experience is much greater and students actually want to come to the class to learn.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. I think um, LectureLex is actually onto something really, really amazing. And so I'm very, very curious. Um, how did you start this? You know, um, what's the founding story like?
1: Sure. Uh, it's kind of a funny founding story. My, my co-founder, we are working on this other startup before that was in the education space. And uh, the previous startup was working on hosting entrepreneurial boot camps for college students. And okay. we take them to Bali. We pretty much teach them hands-on how to get a startup off the ground. And it was going well honestly. We had maybe twelve students or summer at a very high price point, just for a very engaging summer experience. But then last year, uh, COVID hit, and honestly, people just go somewhere else to learn. So when we realized that we could maybe switch it to online learning. Uh, we just realized this would not be the same quality education as it would be being in person and just the experience would be completely different. So we said to ourselves at that point, if we don't know how long COVID is going to last, then maybe we should solve the bigger issue that's happening right now. And that issue is just people haven't solved the online learning challenge because it's very, very different than being with people in person and it's a completely different learning environment. So when we saw that, there was also an acceleration in people in the education space, especially in edtech. And for us, we said, "Man, if there's all this money going towards that, and there's, I mean, literally millions people that have uh, less than quality." You on- know, we'd like to invest in what so many people are experiencing during COVID.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay. And that's actually how lecture I started. That's that's amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was uh, a journey to say the least. And it was uh, a hard pivot, but I think during COVID, um, uh, we were honestly lucky that we were able to switch gears quickly when I
0: knew that during the time. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So a lot of businesses were really affected um, during the pandemic. I even have that as one of my questions. So it's really nice seeing how um, lecturers actually got into this space because or due to um, the challenges of the pandemic. And so um, what does growth mean to you um, so far at Lectureless? How would you say you have grown this business? You know, and what are you looking forward to next?
1: Sure. So, I mean... Uh, growth can mean many things in a startup but I think for us the two core metrics are number of courses launched and the you know, number of students that we can serve uh, okay. without losing the quality of learning in our experiences. Um, but I think one nuance I always like to share with um, people, especially as they start getting into startups, is that uh, I see growth as sustainable growth and not out of control growth. I think there's a there's this, uh, there's almost this chase for initial funders go for, yeah, the big raise, go for VC funding, kind of all or nothing. 20X, 50X in the next two or three years are bust. And for us, I think that we're, we're a lot more focused on getting what's called uh, pedagogy market fit or product market fit is the more traditional words used and um, um, for a non-education startup in the space and i think that for us we'd rather grow slower and make sure we get it right in the first year before we go for um a round of funding because
0: yeah okay 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 that makes sense so um you're not looking to raise anytime soon that's what it means
1: yeah, so we're we're passively keeping in touch with a handful of VCs and angels as we continue to grow our venture, especially over this summer, we're doing a big sprint to get um, three partners on board and create active learning experiences for them. And um, once we kind of confirm that we can sustain this extremely high level of quality education with three partners who have, say, anywhere from 50 to 100 students in each of the courses this summer and once we hit that number and know that we can do it because we've done to ourselves in december but yeah. we have yet to test it with other people once okay. we get to that point then we're we're confident that we can raise a round of funding at that time
0: okay okay that makes sense um but i really like the uh, you really um in talks with um investors and angels you know making sure that they are following your progress um i don't know if you would um be interested in you know meeting investors that you know sponsor startup couches podcast i think um it will also really be nice to just be within their radar so that when you're ready um some of these things just becomes as easy as just having full-on conversations
1: Absolutely. I mean, we're, uh, what's the old uh, startup quote, always be fundraising, right? It's, um, we'd always love to meet new people and meet more aligned investors in the space. So I'm definitely open to uh, meeting anyone in your network too. We appreciate you um, reaching out in that way.
0: Yeah, 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 that makes sense. All right, so my next question for you, um, Quentin, is what would you say are your two major challenges that you face building Lectureless today?
1: Tricky question. I'd say it's, uh, it's it's probably a mix of two things. I think the first is just remaining focused. And the second is picking people who are the right fit for our top three course graders. So maybe expanding a little bit on each. Um, the first being that it's easy to lose focus in terms of starting to do more marketing or more sales when we don't need to or working on product design that could be good for users six months from now but not immediately. I think there's a certain amount that needs to be bootstrapped initially and the only focuses we need to have right now are a can we get three really top course creators on board with us or sorry content creators and then two um, can we create a very basic low code no code Uh, LMS, which is a learning management system, to be able to help run our courses effectively for those three creators. And that's it. And in order to create a brand halo for our company to show that we're coming out of gate strong, we need to really make sure that those first three course creators have uh, an audience that's a good fit for what we're building, that the content that they've created so far can translate well into a lectureless experience. And to really make sure we have a a content creator that cares deeply about making a bigger impact for the people they serve, that they don't want to just sell a thousand courses online where 3% of people finish and maybe get an impact from it, as opposed to helping 50 to 100 students really deeply be impacted by the content that they create where we have coaches and guides helping them step-by-step step along the way for whatever impact that they want to make in their everyday lives. So i say those are the two biggest challenges right now.
0: Okay. Um, that actually makes sense. I think my very last question for you would be, um, what would you say you have learned in this journey, you know, um, starting a couple of companies and now, you know, building like Chalice, what would you say is your, your biggest Journey, um, your biggest lesson you've learned in your startup journey?
1: Oh that's a that's a good question. I'm not sure if I can answer that fully as the biggest lesson, but I can give maybe my my most recent and surprising lesson as yes, a startup
0: yes. founder.
1: Yes, that And works. to that amount, I'd say it's it's easy to get swept up with certain trends that are happening. And to a certain extent, you have to ride waves and have good timing to propose certain ideas, right? I think that if I try to launch a lecture list even two or three years ago, when people weren't ready for online learning, it'd be a lot harder to be able to get traction, get funding or to get scalability to what we're doing. But um, at the same time, there's a certain amount that we need to keep true to our core values about what the core problem is in online learning and making sure we don't just play into, oh, NFTs are really big right now. Oh, AI machine learning are really big. Oh, people are making a lot of things that help creators, but they're still not really focusing on making the learning experience itself better. So for us, it's saying that it's okay for us to do things that don't scale initially and to really dig down deep and say, we believe that Learning design is the main challenge in terms of creating quality learning experiences. And even though we may use ML, AI, or maybe in the year or two from now, we make an NFT for course creators. That's not the core value proposition of what we're doing and standing really strong by that fact. So whatever you believe in, like making sure that you don't lose that along the way. And uh, they say chasing shiny objects as you go through life. Really make sure that you don't that you're aware of it, and that if you do ride a wave in whatever space that you're in, make sure to still keep your core value, your core value.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think I think these are really, really strong valuable lessons. Um, stay true to your core, um, no matter what. I, I also really, really want to say at, at, at this juncture how I really admire the design first approach at lectureless how um, um, the thesis of educational learning in general is broken and it is a it is a design problem it is about designing um, how education should be done and to focus on learners I think that's really really an amazing thing and so um I am really looking forward to you know more groups at lectureless I you know, we definitely um, reach out to you about, you know, connecting you with some voices in my network. But ultimately, for everyone that's listening, um, and you want to learn something great, and you want to try out a new way of learning that is really, really optimized for you, the learner, make sure to check out Um, And you will see a couple of courses, you could take one and you know see how different it is and how much you actually get to learn you know a lot of hands-on experiences and you know a beautifully designed package for you and um for everyone that is listening make sure you subscribe make sure you share this episode with your friends you already know that every week we bring you amazing um episodes from people like Quentin who are building amazing products in the market and so until next time see ya